1: The Ring Out Ahoya
2: podcast is your official home for the latest information on Marquette Athletics. Join us each week for exclusive conversations with administrators, coaches, student athletes, and many more. We are Marquette.
1: I'm your host, Scott Kikendall, and joining us today is head men's basketball coach, Steve Wojciechowski. Steve, I know you're a dedicated listener to this podcast. Thanks for uh, making the time.
2: Great to be with you.
1: I think the first thing that is on my mind, at least, um, what exactly were your boys for Halloween? We we saw a post on Instagram, but not sure what what either of them was supposed to be.
2: Well, Jack was a football player, uh, I think because it's uh, a pretty easy outfit to to put together. And Charlie was a uh, lime green, sumo-ish type of, puffed up man.
1: I didn't know if it was supposed to be what is it Slimer from Ghostbusters was that uh, could have been maybe.
2: I don't know the technical name but but we'll go with that.
1: As we uh, as we record this a couple days before the lair the team obviously is is finishing up uh, the quarantine and I know you've talked a lot about you know controlling the controllables and and majority of this podcast I want to focus on moving forward but maybe if you could talk a little bit out a little bit about what you were able to do and feel like you were able to accomplish with the guys these last couple of weeks uh, virtually
2: yeah certainly the quarantine period was a huge challenge um, and however like I told the team when we first got the news our circumstances may have changed but our goals shouldn't And we had to figure out ways virtually to still engage the team, to move the team forward, and to hopefully grow so that we're better prepared, um, even just mentally and uh, uh, intellectually, uh, to be better uh, after quarantine than when we entered. So there's a number of different things that we tried to do uh with our guys daily to continue to move our team forward um you know i'm not uh big into making excuses um but certainly the reality is it was challenging uh but uh but overall i think our guys handled it about as well as you could possibly handle something uh like that and it's certainly something that none of us um, have ever uh, gone through uh, I, I think we've handled it as well as we can
1: yeah I think Zoom probably has been the, the primary vehicle I know obviously you've met as a, t- a team but I also maybe talked a little about individually you've been checking in with the guys and not necessarily basketball just to check in but also you know doing some film watching and things like that taking advantage of the technology
2: yeah, we we've used, tried to use Zoom to our advantage. And, you know, we've been able because we were in practice and we had practice film and tape um, to break down uh, what we've done to this point, uh, both individually and collectively to where, you know, we and I was able to have one on one meetings with our guys and say, hey, these are some really good things that that I saw uh, during the time we were together. And and these are some areas that when we get back together, we wanna make sure we're taking to the next level. Um, And we were able to do that both one-on-one and and with our group. And so in that respect, Zoom became very important to our program as a teaching tool. And again, you always like being together and, you watch a lot of film when you're in practice, but uh, in this case, Zoom was the best option.
1: And along those lines, one of my inside sources tells me that uh, the players actually led at least one Zoom session. Maybe talk a little bit about that and and what you saw from from the guys.
2: Yeah, I think during the time, uh, one of the things we wanted to do is is try to do some team building stuff, and you know, it's my belief that. Uh, player-led groups are the best types of groups when it comes to um, a men's basketball team. And, and in order to create a player-led group, you have to give them the platform to run meetings and talk about issues that are on their mind and allow them to, to lead the conversation. And, and our guys did that. Uh, I thought we had a really productive Um, The Zoom call, uh, when when we did that, and our guys had really good thoughts and ideas about, you know, how things uh, should be handled and approached as we head into the basketball season.
1: I think people might take for granted, you know, when a player leaves, obviously, you know, they focus on uh, replacing the points and the stats, but there's also the leadership component, too. And it's not automatically is always going to be the seniors or, so, you know, it might be others as well, but I know that's been a focus of some of your meetings as well as is, is leadership development specifically with uh, this year's group of seniors, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, losing Marcus and Sakar, uh, because they were such important parts of our teams and program over the last four and in Sakar's case, five years, you lose guys that obviously had a big voice, uh, in addition to having big roles, uh, but also uh, understood you know, who we were and the behaviors that we wanted to have on a daily basis. And uh, those guys took a, a, the brunt of the leadership uh, over the last couple years. And now with them being gone, it gives the opportunity for other guys to step into that role. And, you know, that development is, is really important. It's, it's, in some respects, as important as the role development on the floor is figuring out who's going to be the voice uh, on the inside, who's going to set the, the tone, not only for what's expected on the court, but what's expected off the court. And uh, losing Scar Marcus was a big loss in that respect. But I, I think that we've had other guys step into leadership positions uh, that have done a really good job. And I think Theo, uh, Kobe, uh, Jamal, our most veteran players, have embraced the role of being leaders.
1: Along with that transition in leadership, there's been a, a focus uh, this year on three words, that uh, culture words, uh, competitiveness, toughness, and selflessness. Can you talk a little bit not that they weren't components of the program prior to that, but, but why that is the focus here for this season? Well,
2: you know, one of the things uh, that we did early in the school year when we finally got everybody back together was we asked our guys, like, what do you guys identify as being not only core beliefs, but core behaviors that can positively impact our season. And, you know, we had a long discussion and a lot of good ideas and words, um, were, were tossed about, but at the end of that meeting, um, three words really stuck out. And those are the words you mentioned, you know, tough, toughness, selflessness, and competitiveness. And, you know, those kind of ruled the day in terms of us evaluating individual performance and collective performance. And, you know, we want to measure uh, what we do and how we're acting um, based upon the level of importance our guys have identified that being for our success over the course of the season.
1: Those traits, obviously, you're looking for in players that are going to be coming into the program and we have uh, signing day coming up next week. Um, That's probably I mean, a lot of things have changed because of COVID, but I got to believe recruiting and how you guys go about that has been one of the major ones uh, on a day-to-day basis.
2: Yeah, it's been unusual um, for sure. Uh, You know, and one of the things that we've uh, I think done a really good job in with recruiting is, is just being there constantly and having face-to-face interactions and, Uh, building a relationship by going to games, by going to practices, by executing school and home visits, and all that stuff has changed. Uh, What we uh, traditionally have been able to do in person has had to be moved to all virtual. So again, Zoom has become uh, really a tool for us to try to build those relationships. And, you know, that's been a challenge, to be quite frank with you, because you know, I think one of the, the things that kids that have been able to interact with us face-to-face or come to campus and n- not just meet our, uh, our coaches, but our players and the support staff, that's been a real advantage for us because I think parents and kids have recognized the strength of the village and the people around our guys on a daily basis that really touch every area of their life. And we've had to try to tell that story virtually. Um, And we've tried our best to be able to do that. Um, You know, my preference obviously is to do it face-to-face. But uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, it'll have to be done virtually.
1: And I assume that's something you guys have kind of honed in now, best practices, uh, but then also to have so much uh, attributed to technology and connections and Availability, right? I mean, that just adds another layer. And, and even if you are able to bring kids on campus, uh, you know, we talked about today, not having the access that you normally would when we get to that point, right?
2: Yeah, it's it's a challenge and something that we're we're constantly learning. I mean, as been said a lot of times, there is no playbook for what we're experiencing, and that relates to every area of your program, including recruiting. And so we're constantly trying to learn and evolve uh, to create ways to get better um, at what we're doing and some of the core um, competencies of our program. So recruiting is no different with that. And I think we've gotten better. We've gotten more creative um, with this. And we also understand it's it's not a short-term deal. It's most likely gonna extend until the final four. So it's really important we continue to get better in those areas and put our best foot
1: forward. And talking about no playbook and, and being able to to illustrate what the program offers to recruits, you know, the opportunity to go to home games and see a, a full five serve forum and the environment that's created and all the support that goes around playing in one of the best arenas in the world. And now there's a, a legitimate chance that we won't be able to have fans there. Uh, and that's just one more thing in bringing the energy uh, for yourself as a team. We hear that a lot with, with the sports that have tried to do that already.
2: Yeah, it's, it, that's the challenge, right? You can talk about how passionate your school, your community, your fan base is about our men's basketball program, and we do. And, but it's a totally different thing to feel it and to see it and that's that's a disconnect that we have to try to make up virtually, and you know we're we're again we're doing our the best we can uh to do that, but obviously talking about a sold out Pfizer form is or showing video of it is different than actually being in the building and living and breathing it so you know, those are some of the challenges that we face and, and some of the things that we try to, um, to answer uh, as we're going through this recruiting process with kids that are most likely going to experience uh, the totality of their recruiting virtually.
1: I'd uh, be interested in your thoughts on, and I've talked to other guys, you know, our players before, um, you know, I think there's a, people feel an advantage, maybe if you go play at a Butler and there's no fans or, you know, building over and, or if you have to come to Marquette and not and play without fans. But guys have always said they prefer a full environment, you know, the fans against them. And obviously you had the fans against you a couple of times and you played. You talk about that and, and just the competitiveness and, and wanting to, to win in those situations.
2: Yeah, and, and that's going to be an uh, another adjustment, I think, uh, throughout the season, because even the schools in our league that are able to have fans, uh, it'll be significantly reduced. So some of the energy that's created um, by the people in the building won't be there. And who that benefits, um, I think, is yet to be seen. I think it's too early to make a judgment on that. Um, But at the end of the day, whether a building is full or building has limited people in it, um, it comes down to the guys and their play on the court. And, you know, I'm not saying that that doesn't have any impact, uh, but at the end of the day, the thing that we have control over and has the most impact is the quality of our play.
1: Speaking of that, as we transition to an update on the court, I mean, I know it's been a limited amount of time, but uh, just overall to start, what, what have you seen that you've liked from this group uh, across the board? Well, I
2: really like our athleticism and versatility and length. Um, you know, we have really good team size uh, and we have really good team athleticism which should impact our ability to be disruptive on the defensive end and should impact our ability to create offense from our defense. Uh, I like that. Uh, our size uh, across the board and the fact that we have good rebounding guards, I think we, we have a chance to be a better rebounding team um, than we've been. Uh, an area that we'll have to make up, obviously, we – we're losing one of the best shooters in the history of the the game of college basketball, and so our ability to score and utilize the three point line, while over the last five years has been elite. Uh, we need to really make sure that we're we're getting high quality shots. So that is still an advantage for us, um, because yeah, when you lose somebody, that's Uh, regularly putting up four or five threes made a game on a really good percentage that's that's a loss and so you know we're not going to look exactly like we have on the offensive end because our personnel is different but that doesn't mean that we can't uh, eventually be as or more effective
1: I I think obviously the easy answer is it's going to be by committee right you're not replacing Marcus Howard with Marcus Howard but the nice part for you and you address a little bit, there's plenty of options, right, with who's coming back and this new, this large group of returnees.
2: Yeah, I think we can be more balanced. Um, and I think, you know, we're not going to have a guy that scores 28 points a game. Uh, we'll we, But we should have more guys that are capable of being double-figure scorers uh, from game to game.
1: Before we get into the specifically the newcomers, I know obviously player development a huge part of your program. I think Sakar was kind of kind of the poster child for that. Is there anybody that you've seen that might I don't want to say a surprise, but that has made the biggest jump from last year? I know Dexter is kind of this mysterious, you know, from social media and who he was playing against and competing. Maybe one of those guys.
2: Yeah, no, I think uh, you know Dexter has made a lot of improvement. And I think he can be a really impactful player for us. He's a, he's a terrific athlete. He's a really strong driver. Um, I think the year of development really helped his game. And, and I think you'll see that uh, play out on the floor. Uh, I think all of our older guys are better. Um, Theo, Kobe, Jamal have all made good, good positive strides from where they were last year to where they are now. And I expect really solid years from them. Uh, and then the new guys, you know, I, I think people will recognize their talent right away. Um, and, you know, I think those guys have a chance to make a big impact as well.
1: You know, specifically, and we can talk about a couple of them, obviously, but, you know, there's points in a practice that I've been at where with Dawson, he makes a play and you see you coaches kind of looking at each other like, I mean, this, he's really good. Obviously, hasn't realized his potential, but he's already shown glimpses of, of what he's going to be able to do, uh, especially offensively, right?
2: Yeah, he's a really talented player. Um, he's got great size. He's got versatility. He's, he's a basketball player. You know, I don't think he's a guy that you can define by a position, uh, uh, but he has a, a chance to impact winning on both ends of the floor. Uh, his versatility is, is really unique for somebody his size.
1: And, you know, I think people are going to really love watching him play. And I know Justin's had uh, kind of those moments as well uh, so far early on.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure we've had a guy like Justin since I've been the coach uh, at at Marquette. Uh, You know, I think he uh, has no idea how good he can be. You know, he's he's a high level talent, um, really good instincts uh, for the game and has a chance to be a terrific, terrific player.
1: And on the transport side, obviously Jose, you know, plan is to redshirt, but DJ Carton has already gotten some uh, recognition, obviously from the head coaches in the league, honorable mention preseason. Uh, and I know he's been limited a little bit, but what have you seen from him that you've liked so far?
2: Well, he's an electric athlete. You know, I mean, in terms of uh, the point guard position, you know, he he brings some things athletically that most guys weren't gifted with. Um, he's a really good basketball player. He he had a really strong freshman year at Ohio State, and I think um, you know, in our system, he'll really have a chance to to thrive. And and you know, hopefully, those coaches are right that he'll be one of the best players in in the Big East. I certainly think. Uh, there's no question that he has the capability of being and, you know, anxious to get back out on the court and continue to work with him and coach him.
1: There's one thing I've seen that Jose does bring its energy to practice. Right. I mean, he, uh, he is vocal. Is that a good way to put it? I mean, that's that's what you're looking for. You've always even back to the Mackey's. Right. you like to have a little chatter in practice.
2: Yeah. You know, Jose's got a really good personality on the court and, you know, he, he's always bringing energy. Um, and, you know, he, he raises the competitive level of the guys around him because he's always competing and, you know, that's something that's really positive for our group.
1: Well, and something too, I know Luke could have gone and played uh, been on scholarship at other schools. I mean, he's a really good player for a walk-on and that helps in practice also, right?
2: Yeah. Luke's been a real pleasant surprise. Uh, you know, we knew he's good. I'm not sure. Um you know, I had a full appreciation for how good he is. I mean, he's a guy that's gonna help our team. Um, and then eventually at some point in his career I would have a chance to play here.
1: You have all these guys, you know, you're trying to fit into pieces and, and figure it out with all that's going on and now not coming back out of the quarantine. Are you having to, to rein in a little bit of? I mean, I'm sure you want to jump right back in, but also being cautious to know that these guys have been off for two weeks and the same time, the season's three weeks away. I mean, that's a tough balance, right?
2: Yeah, and we're in constant contact with our trainer and strength coach in terms of you know how to work our guys back into um, play safely uh, while getting what we need to get done done. And we have you know the latest technology when it comes to sports performance to help guide us with that. But there, there's no question that's a challenge when you know, guys are used to uh, a certain level of fitness uh, that comes with daily practice and then you get out of that with quarantine, um, you you have to be mindful of what you're doing as you come back to try to put our guys in the best position um, to, you know, to grow and improve in a healthy and safe way.
1: Well, I hope one thing that's been a little bit of a distraction for you at least is, is- helping and guiding Marcus Howard through uh, the NBA draft process. And obviously that no playbook again there, but maybe talk a little bit about those conversations and, and what you've talked to him about as, as the draft rapidly approaches here.
2: Yeah. You know, obviously it's been a time of, of unknown and anxiety for both Marcus and Sakar, uh, you know, as they're looking to start their professional careers and that I've had good conversations with both of those guys And just reminding them to control what they can control. Uh, And, you know, with Marcus and Sack, I think those guys have a really mature approach. Um, They act like professionals already in terms of how they take care of their body, how they train, how they prepare. And it's just really more than anything, continuing to encourage them to do it because, uh, you know, their time is coming. And when it does come, you want to be, Uh, in that group that is ultimately prepared and you have to do that physically mentally and emotionally and just encouraging them to to stay on top of all those areas that impact their play and their future
1: specific to Marcus I assume you've heard from it sounds like he's heard from pretty much every team I mean it's a name that's that's out there uh, and obviously for not only what he brings on the court but what he brings off it as well
2: Yeah, he's a high character guy. He's got NBA skills. Uh, You know, his body of work in college is his historical and, you know, he's he's not even who he's going to be as a player. And I think all those things are exciting to NBA teams. I've probably talked to every one of them about Marcus uh, at some level. and, And I think there's a great deal of interest for what he brings both on the court and off the court.
1: Steve, we appreciate the time. Uh, good luck, and we'll uh, catch up here shortly.
2: Scott, it was great, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of the Ring Out Hoya podcast, which is available on GoMarquette.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening, and Go Marquette!